0: Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor.
1: Welcome and thank you for tuning in today. This is a special hour dedicated to understanding what enlightenment means and what it just might be to be really enlightened. Indeed, an hour devoted to learning something more about ourselves, an hour for those who dare to challenge some of those old ideas about the world we live in and the people we have become. An hour for the adventuresome, willing to evaluate their experience as inseparable from the total knowing of reality. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. Now, every week I read some of your letters as our way of honoring the very important role you play in making this show successful. Last week, our guest was Barbara Dossi, RN, PhD. We spoke about holistic nursing and advances in personal health care. Karina wrote, I love the guest speaker on today's show. I hope the holistic healing approach grows and becomes widely available and used. Thanks for the show. Hillary wrote, love you, Eldon. Listening to your Hay House show as I type. You're always so leading edge, very profound. Thank you for all that you do. Well, thank you, Hillary. Monica wrote, what a beautiful and brilliant information today, especially. So close to my heart. Chris wrote, heard your show this morning on Hay House. Sending you back the joy you put out. Shelley wrote, I listen to your Hay House radio program every week and really appreciate your uplifting and enlightening programs. Thank you. Frank wrote, I want to thank you all, especially Eldon. You sent me the book, I believe, free of charge. I didn't even pay shipping. Your subliminal CDs and books are changing my life for the better. I've worked on self-improvement for 25 years and have made greater progress with your products than any other method. Your mission is obvious, and it's certainly not money. You truly are working for the mid of mankind. Thank you. Well, thank you, Frank. And that's a new warm fuzzy, huh, Ralph? Yeah, it is. It's cool. It's one of the pleasures that we get out of doing what we do, isn't it? It makes it all worthwhile. It does. So w- yesterday when you're pulling your hair out, and we're... Yeah. No, actually, I was pulling your hair out, and you were okay. pulling my hair out. Well, we, we know <laughs> who's got the most hair, so we know who wins that. that was bad I admire you all Uh, I'm going to start that one again Barbara wrote I admire you for all you do to help others be it books, CDs, and MP3s have read several of your books have many of your CDs when stressed or just feeling blah the message in music is so comforting thank you Barbara that's very nice Lisa wrote thank you for all of your CDs and all the help you have given to my life with your products you're making the world a better place one person at a time. Kim wrote, thank you so much for the wonderful work and love you have brought to our planet. I have been using your self-help CD since 2006 and have had amazing success. God bless you and your family. Well, thank you, Kim, and right back at you. Vida wrote, being committed to self-development, my initial interest in Eldon Taylor's work began when I picked up his book, What If. After reading that, I was compelled to read more. To date, I have purchased four more books, including I Believe. Eldon educates simply and incites one to ask probing questions about one's life and beliefs, rather than following the crowds and swallowing the usual pablum that our media and society feeds the masses. I think she really has read my book. All right, Rawl picked up his free Intertalk MP3 and left this note. Thank you very much for your time and efforts. In these days, it is truly wonderful to know that people like you exist in the world. I'm grateful for your kindness. Kindness, I get that word said. <laughs> okay, now let me encourage all of you, you know, take advantage of this opportunity. We see it as just a part of our pay it forward, but you know, pick up your own intertalk program today. We have several to choose from and they are the real deal. This is not samples, this is the patented and proven technology. Um Numerous, numerous double-blind studies have demonstrated the effectiveness of this technology, so just go to eldentaylor.com and choose free programs from the left-hand navigation pane. Get yours today. Now, here's a great one. Jane wrote, I thought you'd get a kick out of this. My 4G Android phone loves you. Occasionally, I'll be sitting at my desk and hear something. It's my phone playing one of your shows. It turns itself on. At this point, I can't even turn it off without turning the whole phone off from your devoted fan and its owner. <laughs> you got to love that one, don't you, Rav? Yeah, I do. Okay. One more letter. Dana wrote, Good morning, Ravinder. I occasionally join the chat room as Danny, but I always listen to Provocative Enlightenment while I am at work. When I'm off, I join the chat room. I love you both, and I enjoy the Intertalk CDs. However, I would really appreciate it if you could please share this with Eldon. Eldon, because of your soaring self-esteem, Intertalk series CDs, I have finally thought enough of myself to follow a dream I have had since I was a child, to learn how to ride horses. I know it was because of your Intertalk CDs that I have continued my learning. I know this because between the time and financial commitment, I never loved myself enough to justify doing it. I wanted you to know that I just celebrated my one-year anniversary of learning how to ride. I've hired an instructor to help me reach my goal next spring to join my local equine sheriff's posse. The idea amazes myself, especially when I reflect on how afraid I was at first of actually being on a horse. At which point, your products helped me again and again when I fell and injured my tailbone. Would you please consider making a set of intertox CDs to specifically assist people with horses? This seems like a natural combo for you. Well, Dana, you know how much I love horses. I'm convinced they're a spiritual pathway. So I'll tell you what. Yes, I will not only create a special program aimed at establishing comfort with our equine friends, both in and out of the saddle, but as soon as I complete it, I'll send you your copies for free, so just make sure that you send Ravinder your physical mailing address. All right, that's all the time we're going to take for letters today, but I do invite you to opine by sending your email to eldon at com, or by joining me on Facebook. We uh, can't get all of your letters on the air, but as you can see, they do impact our programming, and I thank you for your feedback and continued support. Now to today's show. Quiet the mind and open the heart. While Lindsay Wagner was working as one of the most popular actors on international TV, she was simultaneously pursuing a vigorous study about healing and its relationship to the expansion of human potential. That journey of more than four decades has brought her in contact with some of the most gifted doctors, scientists, healers, and spiritual leaders around the world. Now, Lindsay has brought this collective wisdom into a transformational process that has made a profoundly positive change in many lives. Her Quiet the Mind and Open the Heart workshop is based on the concept that our experience of any life circumstance is a result of our personal perspective more than the circumstance itself. Her copy states, and I'll quote, it is designed to help recognize and shift the conscious and unconscious concepts we carry in the mind, which often have a life-diminishing influence on others and ourselves. For many, the workshops can be a catalyst needed to break through old or undesirable patterns affecting our family dynamics, intimate relationships, self-imaging, self-image, I'm sorry, parenting, friendships, and our worker career. This shift helps us to more readily access the peace, joy, and connectedness which is naturally within us, close quote. Lindsay states, and again I'll quote, It is always a miracle for me to witness when the shift happens, when people can finally let go of the pain and burdens they have carried for far too long. At the same time, they marvel at how effortless the process is, And how immediate the change is in their feelings and relationships. Lindsay's approach presents a range of methodologies to experience and learn with quiet time, beautiful music, and laughter woven throughout. Most importantly, she creates a safe and loving environment for this exploration, combining psychology and spirituality, which is key to the workshop's proven success. Lindsay has been with us before, so let's just get her in here. Welcome back to Provocative Enlightenment, Lindsay Wagner.
2: Hi, thank you. Great to be here again.
1: It's good to have you. How have you been, and what have you been up to since we visited last
2: Oh, gosh. Well, I, uh, we had a wonderful retreat in Hawaii, which we may have been talking about, I think, in our last interview in January. We that did.
1: I so badly wanted to uh, be there. Uh, it
2: was a six-day. It was fantastic. The retreat center was just wonderful. I'd never been there before, but would definitely go there again. Um, and what else have I been doing? Well, I've been doing a little acting again um, uh, in Warehouse 13, which is it's an interesting little show. It's a sci-fi show. That. Uh-huh. Uh, is based on the fact that there are these power objects in the world, and they, they try to keep them safe and out of the hands of people who would misuse them. And uh, And I was able to, I don't know if we talked about this before, but it was really fun when I first did that show. They brought me in as the warehouse doctor, and because it's a sci-fi show, you can kind of do whatever you want. Well, when I was treating this person, I actually did tapping with him and, uh, on it as the technique that this doctor was using. I said to him, "Now you haven't been doing your tapping, have you?" And I started tapping on, this, on the acupuncture points that you use in EFT. And uh, yeah. so we didn't get to like explain it or anything, of course. But but just to put the you know put the seed out there was fun that they let me do that in in a, a mainstream you know television show.
1: Well, that's you know I, I have seen Warehouse 13. I saw you as the doctor, um, and, and Ravinder and I were both like you know wow that's Lindsay Wagner. So uh, and, and are you going to be a regular part of that now? It's
2: called a recurring character. I just filmed one last week that's going I don't exactly sure when it's going to be on. I just got home and then I'm going back again in end of June or beginning of July. It's so the first the second season there second season was I was introduced the the character was introduced. And then right. last year I did two episodes and this year I know for sure I'll do at least two if if not a third. I don't know yet. But they're they're recurring characters that come every so often to
1: so you may get you know even more <laughs> tapping or something else in you know you've had a very distinguished career uh, and and one of the questions that i didn't ask you the last time we talked was you know what exactly led you you know into this metaphysical path that you're sharing with everyone now
2: well it was um it was a healing crisis uh when i was 19 i had this severe case of ulcers and they were going to operate and My boyfriend's mother happened to be the personal secretary of Dr. William Hornaday, who was the founder of the Church of Religious Science. Today they call them uh, Centers for Spiritual Living, and uh, he was uh, the protege of Dr. Ernest Holmes, who developed the science of mind. And uh, so through his tutelage and the help of of another medical doctor who was of like mind, uh, they actually taught me meditation, visualization, how to combine that with prayer, and and uh, and they put me on a severe fast. All of these things, and they help. They they actually, within six weeks, the ulcers were gone, and I didn't need the surgery. And so that was a huge eye opener for me about the sound no connection of body, mind, and spirit. And it was uh, baffling to the doctors, of course, that at UCLA that were wanting to operate on me, but I kind of didn't need to go back there after that. And I and I had no problem after that because one of the other things that, that was part of that was self-investigation, and so they had me writing autobiography and and, and an autobiography a, line, a linear autobiography of every time I could remember being sick. I kind of put that together with with my the the things that I wrote about the history in my life and. What, would, what I'd grown up with and the challenges in our family. And, and I saw the pattern of when I would get sick because it was, a, it was a, an elusive one because I didn't get sick when things were really bad in, in the family and we had some tumultuous times in our family. But um, I, wasn't, I didn't get sick then. I got sick when nothing was going on. And it's because I learned so well to stuff all my feelings uh, during the times of crisis that, uh, and then never deal with it so when everything was calm my body was going okay this is over i got to express somehow so they were trying to eat their way out of my stomach my feelings were you know and right. uh, and i saw that so it was a very comprehensive healing uh experience i went through and that just started a lifetime of study i i said wow we are a lot more than we're being told in mainstream
1: so let me just make sure that i've got this right when you looked at the pattern what you saw was you were internalizing your emotion the internalization of that emotion led to the disease, and that would break out in your system only when you had the space to allow it to break out. When when something else wasn't going on, is that did I get that uh, right? Apparently, it
2: was like it was like I had an overdrive, uh, and when things were going on that were really unpleasant, there was domestic violence in our family and whatnot. I was I my personality, my natural propensities are to go take care of everybody. You know, some people mm-hmm. shut down. Some people blow up. Me, it was like, go take care of everybody. So, so I would squelch my own feelings in order to get into that overdrive uh, uh, mentality, and not unlike soldiers, you know, have to do in, in war. You know, you just kind of mm-hmm. cut off feelings. You go do what you need to do. But it doesn't mean that you didn't have your feelings. And those reactions, right. those emotions, and those fears, and that whatever, and so, once it was over and everybody was okay, that overdrive I think just kind of relaxed, and I just became more of my natural baseline self. And I guess I mean I think it's I think it's a matter of time too, right? It's there's there's this thing happens, and you can only hold it for so long without it affecting right. something. So that time lag was, uh, but it was. It was pretty consistent that, that it was not terribly long after that. But it was long enough to where it was um, uh, confusing in looking for what's the stressor for me. Because it wasn't connected to anything that one would relate to a stress right. a, a time, in the timeline. But then we saw the pattern and went, oh, okay. So then it started making sense that I could only, I could only stuff it for so long before it had to demonstrate somewhere. So it came out in the body because it wasn't coming out in the emotions, or being able to cry, or being able to uh, pound my bed, or you know whatever healthier things one could learn, one learns to do with their uh, the waves of emotion. Also, we don't know their waves, right? We think that. They're All
1: right the- now, I, I would imagine that you encounter this with many of the people that attend your workshops. Uh, And when I say this, I mean emotions that they've internalized maybe their entire life. Some of which get out uh, and and manifest as disease, but often without the uncovering that you're describing, it's it's. My experience understanding that um, that remains internalized. So we, we could have you know the disease, but we still haven't solved the emotional crises until we have that uncovering. And, and so how do you handle that when when you have people in your retreats that that you encounter in this situation? You know, and I guess you do, don't you?
2: Sure, sure. I mean, I most of us do that in in one way or another. Um, we, what we do is we develop uh, what I notice is that we develop uh, coping mechanisms over that um, and we just think that our physical illness or our stress time is related to that incident we don't realize it's a syndrome and, uh, uh,
1: or when, that it accumulates
2: sure it, it just it, it kind of drives that uh, that groove in our brain deeper and deeper of that syndrome of that pattern of that response to instantly cut it off mm-hmm. uh, and so it becomes easier and easier and we don't even realize we're doing it it become we become so good at it but what happens in the workshops is is that when you, you know, first of all we all set our intention that we're coming here to to recognize and be able to release and or shift Things here, in and learn to do that more when we leave. So, setting that intention, as you know, uh, and you ask your divine guidance or the universal intelligence, however you relate to that, to help you during this two days or these six days or whatever time we're spending here in this safe environment. Help me see what I need to see. So that's a that's a one of the things that we start with, and uh, and things start to come to your mind that you have pleasantly stuffed away somewhere that are undermining your health and well-being and um, causing certain responses then that create more problems that we don't think that we're a part of it because we just think it's coming from out there. So right. um, so it, it, it's easier in the workshops to, to get in touch with those things, that, that those patterns, and then we use the various techniques to... Um, uh, to, to kind of diffuse them, if you will. To, to, uh, sometimes I refer to it as uh, uh, clipping the tether that keeps us bound to that pattern so that when we encounter that kind of stimuli again that, that we habitually respond to with a, certain, with a certain response as opposed to genuine, life-filled, spontaneous, appropriate response to a circumstance that may be difficult or maybe even just really has nothing to do with us, but it triggers us anyway because it, it reminds us of that old stuff that, that we're still carrying around. In that. And then we're tethered to that response right. in the face of that kind of stimuli, whether it has anything to do with us or not, you know. Um, and, and so getting in touch with that and using various forms of energy psychology or, you know, you, your work or you know, the tapping or, 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 the, or the diksha, which is the flow of an energy. Um, one of the techniques that we use is called the oneness diksha. And it is very passive for the participant uh, receiving of, a, of an energy that, that tends to recalibrate the activity levels of different parts of the brain. And that um, allows us to just effortlessly uh, experience a shift which... Attunes us to higher frequency
1: because You of know, running. I want to. I, I ask you about Disha because uh, you know that, that that's an area where, uh, for all intent and purposes, there are some people that claim that you know it they can have an it can have a negative influence and uh, and it was something that you know I hadn't encountered before uh, speaking with you in the in our last conversation. But it, isn't it basically giving a mantra or an initiation to uh, an individual? I mean, that's a one-on-one situation between you and, and uh, whoever you're giving it to. Is that correct?
2: It's a little, uh, well, let me just rephrase it. No, it, 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 the, words, the, the way the words are coming to me, I don't relate to them exactly as being the description. And every, okay. the elements that you mentioned are definitely a part of it. So anyone can receive diksha. One does not have to be initiated. Um, Diksha means to, in Sanskrit, means to uh, uh, initiate. But it means it's not to just, it's not like I'm initiating you into a club per se. It's initiating a potential, waking up a potential within you. Like, you know, Bruce Lipton talks a lot about waking up DNA that we have in our
1: potential. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It isn't demonstrating, right? Is that an, an accurate way of saying?
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. That's very um, accurate. In fact, today there was a study that I read that shows that our environment actually informs our DNA and can can cause it to manifest according to our socioeconomic circumstances. So, yeah, waking it up, you know. Right. You, you said very well.
2: So, so the Diksha, the oneness Diksha, oneness is a frequency, love is a frequency, hate is a frequency. You know, everything has its own unique frequency. Um, and then physical things, of course, have their own, what we call physical things, have their own frequency, which makes them what they are as opposed to what something else is. So
1: right.
2: the, the Diksha energy is a frequency, a transmission of a frequency that brings about the experience of oneness because of the way the body and the brain, in particular, responds to it. And it quiets the chatter of the mind, which is what plagues us most of the time. And what we tune into in that thought field that's always there, it has to do with, a lot has to do with our consciousness level that we're on.
1: I'm going to... I'm going to ask you to hold it right there. We have a hard break coming up. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about oneness and the chatter of the mind. You, I'm talking with Lindsay Wagner, and Lindsay has an upcoming retreat we haven't had a chance to tell you about, but we'll tell you a lot about it in the next half of the show. The five-day retreat at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, is called Quiet the Mind and Open the Heart. And you can find all the details by going to lindsaywagnerinternational.com. Now, if you're not already in our chat room, you want to get there, hurry. We have a video for you of our guests during the break. Just go to eldentaylorcom forward slash chat. Stay tuned. We'll take some of your calls in the second half of the show, and you don't want to miss what's coming up.
0: Eldon's international best selling book, Mind Programming, is a must read if you wish to live awake in a world of sheeples. Film producer Jeff Warwick had this to say about mind programming. Dr. Eldon Taylor's new book is a must-read. If you've ever questioned your purpose in life or felt bound by a culture that's driven by mass media, you now have at your fingertips the knowledge and tools to break the chains of this cycle. Elden goes in-depth to illustrate and expose how we've been programmed from birth by social constraints, and he methodically reveals the psychological techniques that advertisers, politicians, corporations, and the media use to control us. He then provides strategies and solutions to free your mind from these tactics and rise to a new level of consciousness. As you read this book, you'll feel the blinders being removed and will truly see the world in an entirely new light. Get your copy today online or at fine bookstores everywhere. Every day, every moment, we face choices. Yet, how many of those choices are truly our own? Are you ready to step onto the path of discovery? Read Eldon Taylor's New York Times bestseller, Choices and Illusions, now revised, updated, and expanded. Eldon combines provocative information, scientific research, and his own life's journey into a powerful message that we have the power to change. All we must do is be willing to choose to take the chance and change. Get your copy today from all bookstores. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor.
1: And welcome back. If you just joined us, we're talking with Lindsay Wagner. About a five-day retreat coming up at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, called Quiet the Mind and Open the Heart, a retreat she leads, a retreat I have every intention of attending one day. Uh, But before we get back to today's show, I want to remind you to like our Facebook fan page for Provocative Enlightenment Radio. As a fan, you will always know where we are and what's on next. I would also like to invite you to join me on Facebook while you're there. And if you like our show, please do spread the word. We genuinely appreciate your support. Okay, before the break, we were discussing oneness. And you, you, Lindsay, had just left off with, or I had to cut you off, I'm sorry, with uh, a conversation having to do with quietening the mind. And I'll let you pick it up there, but I'd, I'd also like you to explain to me what you mean by oneness there i mean there are lots of definitions out there and i mean buddha for buddha oneness was the annihilation of self you know uh, we awaken when we realize we don't exist uh for the course in miracles uh, it's the realization that there never was a separation and so it's really important i think to flesh out what it is that you mean by oneness i'll let you pick it up
2: right yeah And that's true. There are many different concepts out there about it. Um, For me, it's actually both of what you said is a part of what I experience or my understanding or experience perception of oneness at this point in my evolution. And I think those experiences tend to change as we evolve, right, or expand. Um, Right. For me, it is... It is the ability that we have and the expe- to to experience our profound connectedness to the whole of the creation because on, at some level there is you know I heard somebody use the term creation stuff once <laughs> and uh, as, a, as a as a non-scientific terminology for okay. you know what the quantum physicist and the physicists and everything I have language for now but um, or the God stuff, the creation stuff, that before anything comes into manifestation, there is this field. And I think, you know, my experience of my studying with, with of, of Buddhism up to this point, you know, it's that Buddha field, the place from which all things come. And so, come into manifestation, and uh, again, we go back, for me, into the conversation of, of frequency. And as unique frequencies, uh, however that happens, that the life, the, the power that drives the life force um, brings things into manifestation, then there, be, there become these somewhat individuated expressions of that whole potential. And so, on some level of our existence, because we're not separate from that when we individuate, but we, that's what we are cognizant of mostly is our individuation. And it is uh, said by one of my teachers that that the, the, cal, the activity level of the various parts of the brain determined what our experience is. When the parietal lobes are, are overactive, what he calls overactive, and this is um, uh, Sri Bhagwan, from Southeast India, the oneness university there, he, he talks about the lobes being overly active, the part of the brain that gives us the experience of of our individuation. We, we perceive it through our senses, right? We could perceive that there's a bonfire right in front of me, through my eyes, through my sense of heat, through, you know, smell and whatnot. Um, but my experience of me being separate from that is a function of the parietal lobe activity. When that is uh, overactive, that part of the brain that gives us the sense of experience so we don't walk in, so we need it in this dimension for our health and well-being so that we don't go walk over and sit in the fire thinking that's totally who I am. Um, The... It's a big subject. I'm trying to make it as
1: quick as I can. No, that's uh, Um, it. Please, take uh, your
2: time. um, When when the paractal lobes are overactive, we feel entirely, inherently separate from the fire, from your mother, from the dog, from nature, from everything in manifestation. Because its job, the paractal lobe's job, is to give us the sense of our individuation. And that's part of what goes on in this, in, this, in this dimension we live in, in this world that we live in. However, when it's overactive, we can't feel simultaneously our connectedness, the, the, the dimension on which we are connected. And to me, that's the state of oneness. When, when we have the appropriate activity level of various parts of the brain, we can simultaneously perceive the individuations while still experiencing a wonderful connectedness to all of that. And when we feel connected, we have very different responses to things. Because It's like, you know, when you're, when you're first in love or even after a, a real deep-hearted uh, lovemaking, for example, the, the body chemistry is changing and changes and practice, um, activity level in the brain change and the chemistries are different. And th- those moments maybe or when you're in nature and you took a long walk and you were able to just let go of everything and all of a sudden you just feel connected to everything that you're seeing or that time when you're with your loved one and you feel like you perceive that there's two bodies there but you, you feel like one thing. That's a state of oneness. Where your senses are working, you, you experience your individuation, but simultaneously you experience your profound connectedness, and that's the state in which um, the me, myself, uh, have experienced a, a great deal of sense working with the one Diksha, and uh, find that, and that is, of course, why what the whole life's mission of Aman Bhagwan. From the oneness university are why they're teaching it why they're passing this on there is a process to learn to become a facilitator that where uh, you 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 know you basically get into your own work just like you would with many other things you look at yourself and you start understanding and have the experience of seeing that all these things that we think are so inherently real all these um you know that how much you hurt me uh, are actually my perception of what happened, and therefore it brings up hurt within me. My potential has the ability to feel hurt. Um, it's not. It's not unlike the kind of thinking that goes along with energy psychology or EFT or you know those types of things. That when we can dislodge that negative frequency that's attached to that type of stimuli, making us think that that thing brought me that feeling, as opposed to that it arose within me. Um, That's calming the lobes down and activating more of the frontal lobes, where what spiritual circles tend to call it the the bliss center, or um, science has a name for it, and it gives off those groovy chemicals that we all want. Um,
1: Sure. uh, All those wonderful neurochemicals.
2: Well, we feel connected and not afraid, right, when we have them. Even in the face of the same thing that yesterday, when I wasn't feeling this, made me feel afraid. That was my response yesterday, because my brain activity was different. So the oneness diksha is, is a flow of an energy that brings the, with it the, the shifting of activity level in the brain that allows one to um, experience what, pretty much what I was explaining as oneness. And, that, and, and when we have a preconceived idea of who we are, when we have co- really hard concretized ideas, I think this is where what you mentioned about Buddha, the annihilation of the self, well, that's part of oneness as well, because, but it's not the annihilation, I would say, I would use the words, it's the annihilation of who you think you are, because that is limiting. Mm -hmm. When we concretize who we think we are, we can't experience who we truly are. And that's, once again, calming down the lobe. that's constantly trying to protect us because when it's overactive, the protective mechanisms are coming up all the time because if, in fact, we are totally separate from this creation, are we not incredibly vulnerable and in danger all the time, creating a natural vigilance that would really only need to be there in the presence of some true danger? which gives off chemicals and, gives and, and, and dictates our responses. So when all of that calms down and we can feel connected and we can, we can see things clearly, we can really be in the present and have a, a real fresh, genuine response to any stimuli. Even the same stimuli today versus tomorrow may have a different response when you're in the moment, in the present, because there, there is always some nuance that's different in this moment than the next moment.
1: Right well, now, w- without going into the neuroscience of the frontal lobes uh, and and i 'm not familiar with any research that would suggest that if you were to isolate that, we would lose identity, but there may well be without without going into that l- let me ask you this: uh, years ago, I had a conversation with Dr. Lee Polos, and Pulos had uh, been involved in filming uh uh, some phenomenal material and they claimed that the reason they were able to do it was because of oneness and and much of this was done in India but there were there were film sequences where individuals were able to chew glass eat hot coals uh, li- lift them out of the fire and, and, and literally chew them up close up film it, it is i mean phenomena of that nature is that is that does that follow with the kind of oneness you're talking about?
2: Yes, because if, the more grounded we are in the experience of of that which the the the, 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 the morphogenic field, if you will, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that uh, when we're grounded in our experience of the oneness, we go back to that um, we're talking about the place that we all exist whether we experience it or not, that has all in it. It is the field of all, of all potential. Uh-huh. And so when we sourcing our experience through that, that's when we can experience, or whoever, bending a spoon, you know, a simple one of those, you know, is is experiencing that which is, the same in the spoon as me and that requires that i don't have a very hardcore concept of who i concept mind you of, of, of who i am but i'm experiencing it and my potential
1: That mean, answer cut, your question? Yeah. well i mean yes i mean it does uh it it begs a lot of questions and the first <laughs> one is have you personally? I mean, I mean, implicit in this is the explanation for phenomena such as levitation. Uh, have you personally experienced any of this phenomena?
2: Um, yeah, actually, I was. Um, <laughs> I'm glad it's your show. Where you asked me this on <laughs> some shows, uh, people would have just started scratching their heads.
1: Oh, you're safe here. You know, please do I know. share. <laughs>
2: Um well for example when i was I was doing some work in India and I was having a this huge catharsis and i had in my room i had this uh, uh, little pile of napkins because I was out of tissues and I was crying and clearing a lot of stuff and having a lot of revelations and and I ran out of i didn't have any more tissue i didn't have any more kleenex i didn't have any more napkins and um i I thought I'm going to have to leave my room and go somewhere and get something and come back. And the place where I kept my napkins, I just, I just sat there and I said, um, I kind of was speaking, mm, relating with the divine as I know, you know, as I experience it, and said, I really need this right now. I hate to break up this session. <laughs> it was kind of like you know, be, befriend your divine. Uh, your inner indweller, your interim indweller. And, uh, and I hate to do it, but I really need some Kleenex. And as I got to <laughs> go out, the place where I used to keep my napkins was full of napkins. And I wow. had used the entire stack because uh, I picked the whole stack up earlier when I ran out of Kleenex and brought it over in front of me and I was using it too, you know. And it was full of Kleenex. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, alrighty, Wow, that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. Most people would have wanted a, you know, a car or something. I got Kleenex, but for me, that was extraordinary.
1: And um, perfect for the moment.
2: Exactly. And then, of course, there's far more subtle manifestations of that, which which we call in our culture today synchronicities. It's no different. I don't see that as any different. I see that, you know, you have a shift in your heart and you finally Get that moment where you move into, regardless of whatever's been said or done, into or, or, or what continues to be said or done, find an experience of unconditional love for a family member that you feel estranged with mm-hmm. and haven't spoken to in how long, and they call and say, Can I come over? I need some help. You know? That to me is the napkin pile. You know, it's the same thing. We shift on that level, and our entire emanation of what we give off shifts, and and synchronicities of just start to manifest that that are the expression of what we have now
1: in our being. You know you must hear a lot of feedback from people that attend your your workshops uh, you, can you share a couple of, uh, of stories with us uh, you know from from what people have learned from you
2: um, well there, there's there's a multitude of things that go from physical to the emotional to healing the family uh, this one participant has, uh, family members, they they work together. The family works together, and they, um, and there's always a lot of bickering and fighting and uh, difficulties. And after uh, this woman has come to a couple of the workshops, but when she came back, even from the first one to the to the second one, she was talking about how different it was, how little she was being triggered by. She's uh, uh, not that it never happened, but. But there were times when I realized I would have gone off, and I just wasn't going off. And things are calmer and quieter, and then, you know, after the next one, it's the same thing, getting giving, getting, deeper stories about how that's really impacted her ability to stay peace. She said, it hasn't really changed um, my brother so much, but, but I don't experience the stress that I used to. They can go on and yell it all they want, but... I'm just kind of floating through it like I never have before, and that—that's, you know, that's profound for not only your well-being but your health, right? On mm-hmm. a daily basis, if you're encountering that, um, someone else uh, whom I did not know had uh, uh, what do you call that? Um, where you have pain, uh, kind of unexplained pain, always in your body. Um, okay. What oh, there's a term.
1: That's all right. Go on.
2: Well it's a, it's a very common thing today people people have anyway.
1: Are you talking about arthritis uh, or
2: no it's it's
1: it anyway fibromyalgia yes thank you <laughs> yes. everyone in the chat room is providing the answer there. thank you
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we were doing a workshop where we had 2 days and then we had 2 weeks and then the third day was 2 weeks later because it was a it was a private group And so it was, I love that format, actually. It was nice because we got to uh, have people go home, use the work themselves, assimilate, and then come back and do a little bit of a deepening on the last day and share how how it's working for them and get help with what they needed to refine the techniques that they'd taken home. Anyway, this one woman, all she told me in the original workshop was that she had uh, pain in her legs. That's what she wanted to work on. So she was using the EFT, the tapping processes for Um, She wanted to work on the pain in her legs. Okay. So I'm thinking maybe she had an injury or something. And Mm -hmm. she. um, so we did that, and she found her pain was reduced. It wasn't totally gone by the time she left the workshop and so on. She came back two weeks later, and we were doing a check-in. And when we got to her, she said, well, what I have to report is that I haven't taken pain pills in two weeks. I said, oh, I didn't know you were on pain pills. And she said, well, yeah, I've been on pain pills for 12 years. Oh, daily wow. for 12 years and I said really well uh, wh- why is it that I remember pain in your leg she said I have fibromyalgia and I haven't mm-hmm. taken a pain pill for two weeks and uh, I said how, how are you doing that what's happening and she said well when when the pain comes up I she said I had a significant shift in the level of pain when it comes from just the two days in the workshop but then um, she said then every time the pain would come I would try tapping first to see if I could get away with not taking a, a pain pill, and I find that I can. She said it doesn't always take it completely away, but it takes it to where I can manage without a pain pill. And um, I, she of course, was really grateful for that because she said I've been wanting to get off these drugs for a long time. And That's that wonderful. Me. So that was it. Was not even a, you know, that wasn't even something that I was aware of.
1: She wasn't. You, you use a lot of technologies in your workshops. And, and EFT is just one of the technologies. But I take it, then, based on what you just told us, that you actually teach people how to use these technologies, to take them away uh, with them, and, and to go back home and replicate much of what they get. It's, it, it's out of your workshops. Is that Have I got that right?
2: Absolutely. That's, that is my goal. That is my goal, to help people be more autonomous, not be dependent on a practitioner. Um, uh, certainly, we all need help and someone to guide us and maybe create a bigger, safer space for us or take us farther or deeper sometimes. But there are so many wonderful things, uh, technologies and, you know, yours, the EFT, all, all these various things that are out there today. And because I believe this is the time when people are taking back the power or bringing back our power and our ability to, to help ourselves and help each other without having it to be so elite and isolated um, to... I know hand. it. People. so whether it's spiritual or physical kind of help anyway so my goal is yes as much as I can empower you to be able to do this stuff on your own when you leave and and, that's and,
1: cool. and I know you have your own pay it forward programming I mean if you go to your website you have downloads on your website uh, like your daily clearing practice and your open to oneness meditation CD. Tell us a little bit about that because we've only got a couple of minutes left. And and yeah. while you're at it, be sure that you tell everybody, you know, how to get to your website and more about the Omega Institute and, and your presentation there, Lindsay. Right.
2: Okay. The, um, the, well, the retreat in, uh, um, at the Omega Institute for Holistic Studies in Rhinebeck is June 24th through the 29th, and we will be it's five days and we'll be utilizing all these types of techniques. Uh, you can find out about that at lindsaywagnerinternational.com, lindsaywagnerinternational.com, and the dates and more information will be there, and you can register there as well. But um, uh, as far as the, the downloads, the, the the two that you mentioned, one is the actual diksha itself, and uh, I recorded and worked with a composer to have a half an hour meditation, in which I project the the um, the diksha energy, the blessing they call it, at this while I'm speaking a very simple invocation of our higher self. I open. It says, I open to oneness, to causeless peace, joy, creativity, health, and unconditional love. And I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful, and it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that, and if we could live in that state, we all go, oh, right, how hard is that, right? So, right. the call to our higher self, our higher potential, affirmation, some people would look at that as an affirmation, whatever, however you would call it, um, mm-hmm. and simultaneously, I'm sending this This energy and then the rest of it is music that's designed to um, relax you more and more deeply and then towards the end of it it starts to pick up the tempo to kind of bring you back into your awareness of the presence of the present in the room and whatnot so it's a little half hour meditation or you can use it as background
1: music and the other and, and- I'm sorry, but we're, you know, we're out of time again, and, and, and I could carry this conversation on with you for six days. I'm going to have to make sure that I make one of your six-day events. Yeah. You uh, Thank you very much for joining us, Lindsay Wagner, and listen, for all of you out there, I strongly encourage you, go to her website, lindsaywagnerinternational.com, check it all out. Well, we've come to the end of another hour of Provocative Enlightenment, and I want to thank you all for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed our show, and will join us again next week, same time and same place. And if you have comments on the show, do let us know. And until next time, remember, wherever you are in the world, believing in yourself always matters.